Amazing. As Ben said, my name is Debbie and uh, along with my husband Nathan, uh, we are campus pastors here at Chesterfield and we love it. We love this campus. We love all the campuses, but obviously all the campus pastors will say that their own campus is the best campus. Um, But if you're here from another campus, massive welcome. We love you um, and we just hope that everyone here tonight has an incredible night. Anyway, Let me get into the message. So tonight I want to speak from a scripture in Ephesians in chapter 2 verse 19. Or it starts at verse 19 and it says from the message version. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Let me just pray before we get started. Yes, Lord God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we can be here in your house, in this home, Lord God. I thank you that we can be here all together, worshipping you, praising you, learning more about you, Lord God, and drawing closer to you. And I just pray that that's exactly what happens during this message, that um, as these words drop onto hearts, Lord God, I pray that we'll feel closer to you, Lord God, that you'll plant seeds in our hearts and um, you'll help us to um, build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everyone at Icon Church said, Amen. Amen. Incredible. Now, I have a bit of a love when it comes to property programs. Is there anyone else in the room that loves a bit of a property program? Grand designs, um, location, location, location. Even when I was younger, I used to watch MTV Cribs. Anybody seen that? That's a good classic. I don't even know if that's around anymore. I'm showing my age now. More recently, this is more up to date. Some of you young people will appreciate this. More up to date, I have been watching things like Selling Sunset. There we go. I got a few yeses in the room there. And has anybody seen, this is a good one. It's not long enough. There's only a few episodes, but the world's most amazing vacation rentals on, uh, on Netflix. You need to watch that. That's a good one. Um, But I am a big lover of these programs. And the reason why is because I love to see the incredible transformation. I'm not as much of a fan of some of the ones where the transformation isn't as amazing, where they just kind of turn it from a moldy old building to a standard kind of normal house. I like to see the incredible transformations. I like to see the amazing afters when you see the before and then you see the amazing after. That's what I love to see. And when it comes to my own home... Like, I feel like my home, I love my house, but I feel like I could do so much to it to make it that amazing after. I love it, don't get me wrong. I really love my house. I really appreciate it. It is a miracle. We've got our house. It's amazing. But like, if I could just knock that wall down there, if I could just paint this, if I could just ripple the flooring up, if I, you know, there's so much that you could do. And uh, I just get really excited about the, the opportunity and the potential that there is to be able to transform something. And uh, I'm really house proud as well. So if any of you ever come around to my house, some of you might already know. I used to be, not as much now, I used to be really house proud. Like literally a spring clean would take place before anybody walked through the door. 
That doesn't happen as much now. In fact, Lucy Moore, sitting on the third row, came round my house the other day and I went, Lucy, you find me as I am. I have three kids now. This is how it is. Never again will I be house proud when you've got three kids. (laughs) It just doesn't work anymore. But, you know, that whole tidying up thing, you do it. And very often, when I say I tidy up and do a spring clean, what it actually meant was everything that didn't belong downstairs just got thrown upstairs. That was my... See, you all know. You all do it. You all do it. But did you know... I did a bit of research. Did you know that house-proud Brits spend about 11 days a year sprucing up their house and spend approximately £60,000 on improvements in a, in a lifetime as they aspire to match the property programmes like Grand Designs? And in this same research, they found that Brits spent five hours per week improving their home and a third of the people polled said that property programmes are what inspired them to improve their homes. And then this is my favourite bit. 8% of those people confess that they have broken or spilt something in somebody else's house at least once and didn't say a thing. So hands up, anybody ever spilt something or broke something in somebody else's house and did not say a thing? Yeah, half of you are lying. Definitely, definitely. I have broken things and spilt things, but I think I told them we'll see. But I say all that and talk about homes and transformation for one reason, and that is because church is home, right? Church is home. And I'm hoping that everyone here right now feels at home. Not quite like pull your recliner back, put your legs up, stick the football on, although we do sometimes have football games on this big screen. But, you know, it's still home, it's family, it's home, it's where you feel loved, it's where you feel accepted, it's where you can feel like you are at home and you can be yourself. But sometimes I wonder, do we always treat church like it is home? Do we treat it like home or do we treat it as something separate? Do we treat it as something that it's just what we do or it's just something that we attend When was the last time, I wonder, that you allowed God to use you to build his home? Or if you're new here today, new to faith or new here for the first time today to this church, when was the last time that you ever thought about doing something in church to help God build his church? You know, when I was a teenager and I was living at home with my parents, just when you hit that age where you're starting to get a bit more independence, I think I had a car at the time, I was dating Nathan, so I was to and fro from Lincoln to Chesterfield um, and working and studying, and my parents barely saw me. And they used these words, you treat this house like a hotel. Yeah, the parents in the room are laughing. You know what I mean. Some of you kids, teenagers, young adults in the room might have heard those words, you treat this house like a hotel. And many of you have said or heard this thing, And you know, it means, you know, you come, you eat, you go. You come, you shower or get changed, get ready to go out and you go. You come, you sleep, you go. And that's all you ever come for. And I wonder, do we ever use church like that? Do we ever use church like a hotel or treat our relationship with God like that? We come, we get fed and we go. We come, we get washed clean and we go. We come, we get refreshed, we get rested, and we go. 
And it's easy to put church into a box and, you know, that's my hour slot on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. That's when I go to church. That's when I fit it in nicely into my weekly routine. And it's easy to get caught up in life and forget that God is building a church, not a Sunday service. God is building a church, his home, our home. And that, that's not just on a Sunday. And it's not just the people employed by church, but he's building a home for each and every single one of us. And it's so easy to think, but that doesn't include me. You know, God doesn't need me. I'm not good enough, or I've got nothing good enough to offer, or can God even use me? But yeah, God does need you, every single one of you. God thinks that you are good enough. He created you and designed you to be good enough. Everyone has something to offer. It doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter your background, where you've come from, male, female, age, whatever. It doesn't matter. Everybody has something that they can offer. And God will and can use you if you let him. If you let him. God has more for you and me and he doesn't just want our attention for one hour a week on a Sunday, but he wants it all the time to build his church. He wants our attention, our willingness, our passion, our love, as much as we can offer it all of the time so that he is our focus. And Paul in those verses in Ephesians that we read at the beginning, he's telling the Ephesians and he's letting them know that this life with God is more than just something we do. But that God's our home, that, that they were, the Ephesian people were God's home and that they belonged right where they were and that God wants to include them and use them to play a role in building his church. An icon church, we are God's home. Not just this church, although this church is incredible, but every single church in the world is God's home. And we belong right where we are. And regardless of where we've been or what we've done or the decisions that we've made, God wants to include us, me and you, and use us to play a role in building his church. If we go a bit deeper into Ephesians and and learn from what Paul said, One of the first things that I picked up when I read these verses is that we are homeowners. We are homeowners. Before we thought we were exiled, the Ephesians were exiled, before we thought we were exiled and we had nowhere to call home. I don't know about you, but when you walk into church or um, when you walk into a family or, you know, sometimes you might have had that that feeling of, I don't know where I belong or I don't know if I'm going to fit into this place. And then you walk in and you feel right at home. That's what it's all about. And if we go back to Ephesians 2.19, it says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Quite recently, um, me and Nathan bought our second house. And... um, And it wasn't long before that that we bought our first house. And both times that we got given our keys, that feeling of excitement. I don't know uh, anybody in the room if you've ever rented a house, bought a house, but given a set of keys for something that belongs to you. I know recently somebody's just passed their driving test. Maybe you got given a set of car keys. Whatever it is that you've been given... And that sense of excitement, it's like a fresh start, freedom, um, being being able to do something bigger and and better. 
and call something yours. That excitement. And that's what God offers us. When he offers us a relationship with him, when he offers us a role to play in building his church, he's offering us something exciting. He's offering us a fresh start. He's offering us something bigger and better that we can call home. In John 10.10, it says the feast comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. He wants to offer us life and life to the full. And a relationship with God, just as it said in Ephesians, is a kingdom of faith that is now home. It's now home. A relationship with God is home. And it's for everyone. Each and every single one of us, we belong at home with God. The second thing that I learned after I learned about the fact that we are homeowners, the second thing I learned is that we are all involved. Before we thought we weren't needed or we weren't good enough, but after we now know we are all involved. It goes on to say in Ephesians, God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone. You know, a relationship with God, I think sometimes when we think about God, we often think it's, it's just like a relationship that's very emotional. It's very personal. And it is. It's both of those things. Prayer is emotional and personal. Talking to God is emotional and personal. Learning about his word is emotional and personal. But there's a practical side to it as well. There's a part to it where actually God wants us to get our hands dirty, get stuck in, love on people, act on his behalf, show love to people and act. And it's very practical. You know, builders get their hands dirty when they build a house. And God wants us to get our hands dirty and build in his house. He wants us to get involved and, you know, serve where we can serve. Show love where we can show love. Help where we can help. Make God's name famous in any way we can. No matter who we are, our circumstances, our experiences, he can use us and he wants to use us. He wants to use our hands. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 28, it says, All of you together are Christ's body. Each of you are a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are the apostles, second are the prophets, third are the teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have a gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have a gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. And they're just some of it. They're just some of the things that you can do in God's house. You know, I fit, you know, a couple of the criteria there maybe. And, you know, somebody might fit them all. And some people might sit there and think, but I can't do miracles and I can't heal. And I'm not sure if I can be a leader. But that list isn't the end of the list. There's so much that we can do in God's house. And there's so much that we can do to serve and build his church. We can all do something. We can all do something. So first, we're homeowners. Second, we're all involved. And thirdly, Jesus holds it all together. Before, we thought we were doing it alone. And now we realize that Jesus holds it all together. When we go back to the Ephesians verses, it says, With Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together, we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. 
You know, this church, Icon Church, it's all about Jesus. We make sure that everything we do is all about Jesus. And for years and years and years since this church began, Paul and Jeannie, our lead pastors, have made sure that everything is all about Jesus. It's been together, held together by Jesus' love, his grace, his mercy, and for the people in the towns and cities that are in our campuses. You know, it's all about Jesus. We've kept Jesus at the cornerstone of Icon Church. And we've seen this church take shape. We've seen it build. We've seen it grow. We've seen it strengthen. And I believe today, Icon Church, that if you make sure that you're putting Jesus as the cornerstone in your life, making sure that he is always at the centre of everything you do, that you will see your life build. You will see your life take shape. You will see your life grow and strengthen and become unrecognisable for the better. Just as those before and after pictures of houses, like that could be your life. It doesn't happen overnight necessarily, but when you look back, I know when I think about my life before I made a decision to follow Jesus compared to now, it's unrecognisable for the better. It's like a before and after picture of a house, a transformation of what God has done in my life. And that can be the same for your life. And maybe it already is for many of you in this room, a transformation for the better. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And I believe that as we make our plans about Jesus, as we put him first in our life, he will determine our steps. And that as we trust him, that he will take us on a path that leads to growth, that leads to building something, that leads to strength, that leads to becoming unrecognisable for the better. He will make our life take our life from a before to an after picture. So what do we do now that we know these things, now that we know that um, we are homeowners, now that we know that we are all involved, and now that we know that Jesus is our cornerstone, how do we apply that to our life? How do we take that into our week? How do we use that in our own lives so that we can see a before and after picture in our own lives? Well, there's three L's that we can do. Nice and easy to remember. The first one, the first L, is we need to live in it. Live in it. If you're taking notes, right, live in it. You know, there's no point having a home if you're only going to live in it seasonally. Unless you're a millionaire and you've got 10 houses all around the world, maybe. But I'm not, unfortunately. I have one house and to make it feel like a home, I have to live in it. It has to feel like a home. A home is a place that you come back to day in and day out. The definition of home is a place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of a family or a household. How incredible is that? Church is a home because it's somewhere where we live permanently, where we're surrounded and a part of a family. That's exactly what church is. So I want to encourage us today, Icon Church, to make your relationship with God daily and permanent. Make your church, your church home weekly and permanent. Or, you know, whatever else is going on in the week. It might not just be weekly. There might be connect, there might be youth, whatever is going on. But make it a regular weekly thing, whatever it is you're doing, and make it permanent. Make your church home weekly and permanent and take time to invest into the household around you. You lovely people. 
You know, look around you. All these people are your family. They're your family that you can invest into, that you can build relationships with, that you can grow with and build God's church with. The second thing that we can do after we live in it is we can look after it. Look after it. It's easy to become lazy. And it's easy to have this broken window mentality where, you know, it's just one broken window, we'll just leave it. But then you get a second broken window and a third broken window. And um, it's easy to just become a bit blasé with it. And I wonder, have we got a broken mentality when it comes, a broken window mentality when it comes to our faith or the church? Have we become a bit lazy in our faith or in the church? You know, when we serve in church, that means we're looking after it. When we serve in church, it means we're presenting it. Whether it's you as a person hosting on the door, welcoming people, you're presenting the church. You're representing the church. If you're serving teas and coffees, the way you present it's important because you're presenting the church with excellence. If you're helping to clean or or tidy the chairs or set up for the next service you know you might think well it's just chairs but it's so important it's so important because we're presenting the church with excellence we're looking after it and we're ensuring that it's ready to open those doors for anybody that walks through them which is building God's church it's so important to invest in it Maybe you've got some time you can invest. Maybe financially you can invest. Tithing is so important to invest into the church. Maybe you've got some gifts and some talents that you can invest. You know, we've got some talented people that that sing, that um, serve on teams. We've got incredible bakers. Whatever it is, whatever your talent is, you can use that in the church. And you can build God's church with it. So we can live in it, we can look after it, and thirdly, we can love it. I love the fact that I'm so house proud when it comes to my house, and that's because I want to love it. I want it to be presented well when people come round. I want it to look nice. And you know what? It feels good when they come through the door and they say, wow, those pictures on the wall, they're good, or wow, I love this, or I love that, or, you know, that's nice. That's nice that they like what I've chosen. They like what we've done with the place. Um, They like how it looks. They like how I've presented it. And I want people to feel like that when they walk through the door of church. I want people to walk through and think, wow, this is church. I love what you've done with that. I love all the lights up. I love the music style. I love this. I love it. I want people to do that. And we should be proud of that. I think sometimes when you come week in, week out, just like when you live in your own house and you're used to it, you forget all the incredible things about it. And I think sometimes we can get too used to Icon Church. Like, the music's amazing, but we hear it every week, so maybe we're just used to it. You know, maybe the speakers are really good, but not me, I'm not talking about me, the other speakers. Um, They're really good, but, you know, we're used to them. Or, you know, it looks amazing, but it's looked like this since we moved into the building. Or, you know, and we can get so used to it and we forget that actually people walking through the door will think this is amazing. And we should be proud of it. We should be house proud, proud of our faith, and we should be proud of our church. And when you love something, you tell people. When you're proud of something, you show people. The amount of times at work, I get my phone out because they ask me a quick question about church. They'll probably just say, oh, what did you do at the weekend? Church, here's a picture. 
This is what it looks like. Look at the lights. It looks amazing. Like, I'm always, I've always got my phone out showing people pictures of church because I know that it's not what they're expecting. And I know that I'm proud of it and I want to show it off. We should be telling people about our faith, telling people about our church, showing people through our actions and showing through invitation. So many things that we can do. When we live in church, when we look after church and when we love church, doing those three things means that we are building God's church and we are playing our part, our role that he has called us to play to build his church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and um, I really just want to pray over us before we go that this word will just plant a seed in our hearts and that... Maybe if you're not on a team, maybe tonight's the night where you think, do you know what? I should get on a team. Maybe if you're not in a connect group, maybe tonight's the night where you think, do you know what? I should get in a connect group. Or maybe you've been thinking, I really want to serve, but I just don't know what it is that I can do. Grab somebody, tell them what you're passionate about. Tell them what you love. Tell them what excites you that you really want to do. We've got photographers on team that just are on the photography team because they love taking pictures. There's so much that you can do. So uh, let me just pray for us tonight, church. Yes, Lord God, I thank you for tonight, Lord God. I thank you that we can be in your house and that you have called us to build your house. Thank you, Lord God, that you have called us to play a role and you are placing us in brick by brick and stone by stone to help build your house that you call home, Lord God. And I thank you that not only is it your home, but you give it to us for it to be our home also. I thank you that we can all call it home. Whoever we are, wherever we're from, it doesn't matter who we are or where we've come from, that we can call church home. I thank you, Lord God, that a relationship with you is more than just emotions and more than just conversation, but it is practical and you want us to get involved, Lord God. And I just pray whatever's been stirred up in people's hearts tonight, Lord God, I pray that you would cause us to go into action, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would stir our hearts to want to move, to want to do something practical to build your church. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to live in church week by week. I pray that you help us to commit to being in church, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to love your church, Lord Jesus. Be proud of your church. Look after your church, Lord God, to present it the best that it can be so that we can truly call this church home and show it off to our towns and cities, wherever our campuses are, and be proud of what we call Icon Church. In Jesus' name. Amen.